Welcome to episode number 134 of the Towel Like Talk podcast. This is Casey. And this is Chris. And we've got a lot of news to get to, man. We do, we do. We it's thought rocking. there was not going to be enough. <laughs> that's that's hogwash. There's always way too much news to even regurgitate. So oh let's, let's get to it. All right. So first up in Marvel news, uh, they did reveal, or they're going to be revealing, sorry, their lineup this summer. Uh, don't know anything about what's happening, but we can speculate. Doc Strange 2, Black Panther 2, Captain Marvel 2, Black Widow, The Eternal, Shang-Chi. Squirrel Girl. Supergirl? Squirrel Girl. Squirrel. No. No? Oh, man. Man. The the Adventures of Howard the Duck? Yeah, I would not. Oh, yeah, that's a cartoon. Yeah, if that happens. Um, Actually, we're laughing, but I think both those characters are going to the those Hulu shows. To be honest with you, yeah. So (laughs) you screwed up. I didn't screw up anything. It's it's all coming. It's all connected, Casey. That's what they say. That's it. Um, Yeah. So I guess if I had to venture a guess, it would be either at Comic-Con because Marvel did confirm they're going to be there this year for the first time in a while. And they also have a D23 this year. So we got a lot of opportunities uh, for Marvel to be dropping some bombs on us. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's, let's hope for the best and get ready for phase four. Always. Yeah. All right. So we got a rumor. Um, There's an actor named Newman Akar who is he is going to be in Spider-Man Far From Home but the rumor is that he'll be playing the character of the chameleon mm-hmm. and that he may in fact have taken over the role of Nick Fury what, is, what do you think of that? I believe this is rehashed news isn't it? Um, we talked about somebody joining the cast a long time ago and it was rumored that it was going to be Chameleon. Um, so, yes. if this is res- resurging news, then I would, I'm definitely in favor of this being a twist in the movie. Um, so, I don't know. I, I, I would believe it now that it's gotten more headway, you know. So, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I think ultimately we're heading towards that Sinister Six situation. So, we've got Vulture. We've got Scorpion. Now we're introducing Mysterio, possibly mm-hmm. Chameleon. We got four there. I wouldn't be surprised at some point we do get the introduction of one of the old guys, either Doc Ock or Green Goblin, you know? Yep. Um, there's rumors out there, obviously, they want to do a Craven movie. You know, maybe he, yep. you know, they're not going to stick to the traditional Sinister Six. They're going to do what works for Marvel and Sony. But, um, I think that could be cool if that's if this is in fact the case. If he's Nick Fury or not, maybe not the whole movie, but I could see him, you know, being him for some of the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. All right. Um and finally, uh we kind of skipped over this last week, but Ghost Rider um slash Hellstrom is going to Hulu. Uh Gabriel Luna is going to be reprising his role as Robbie Ray as, but what is this? Not the same as agents of shield. Tell me this. Yeah. So that, that, uh, it's all connected thing is always, you know, uh, up in the air when it comes to Marvel universe. So, um, yeah, there was a little thing where it came out where it would not, it would not be the same iteration. Um, who knows? He does 
go into hell or whatever at the end of his run on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. so he could be resurrected, not remembering that time period, whatever. I don't care. Because, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, Luna Luna was good as Ghost Rider. I like the design, and I think that uh, they can do even better uh, with a more darker show on Hulu. Um, and then Hellstrom, I'm not really too familiar with. Yeah. It's about two brother and sister who, uh, I don't want to reveal too much because I have read into what it is about, but mm-hmm. um, both, you know, uh, horror, horror, horror themed shows heading to Hulu now that we know that uh, Disney has now, you know, acquired Hulu fully uh, and has great plans for it. So this is all this, this is kind of a hint at that, you know, prior to the announcement. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's going to be, it's an interesting situation. Um, You know, we were going to talk about it later, but we might as well address it now. Yeah. With Disney now owning, uh, all of Hulu, um, they bought them out. It's going to shake things up a lot. And will this ghostwriter now tie into things? Will they take stuff like runaways and tie it into the greater universe? Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, and it's hard to say because those are kind of PG 13, which means they could be on Disney plus. Mm-hmm. It sounds like this ghostwriter will not be. And I understand if it's on Hulu, but you know, do, does this usher in, our friends, uh, Daredevil and Luke Cage, and we're going to talk about him a little bit too. So, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what this all means. Yeah, I would, I would imagine that this is where we've discussed this. This is where we're going to see the more adult theme, themed uh, Marvel stuff show up. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to more news from this because it is exciting to know that now Hulu is 100% with Disney. Yeah, excellent, excellent. All right, let's jump across the pond and head over to D.C. Um, there was a rumor out last week that Michael Rooker would be playing King Shark. Then Michael Rooker came out and denied it. But if he's not playing King Shark, he is most definitely in Guardians. Him and James Gunn have been working together for a long time now. And I don't see Rooker not being something in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. He's going to be in, he'll be in both, without a doubt. Whether he just does some kind of strange cameo in the, in the Suicide Squad yeah. voice or whatever, he'll be involved because, yes, those two are like peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. So, you know, King Shark, it, it's kind of hard. You know, you get to a certain point with some of these movies, unless it's not handled correctly, it's almost too much with the characters. Mm. Um, so, do we need them right now when we have like Dave DeSmallchin playing? what polka dot man or something and maybe kite man coming in and you know. hell yeah hell yeah kite man um no but um i to be honest with you uh king shark is a is a stable in the suicide squad so i yeah. wouldn't be surprised the design is cool um they can definitely make up for what they did with you know killer croc and kind of just go wild with this one uh so you know i i wouldn't be surprised if this character does show up in this movie Sweet. Uh, all right. We got the Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle crossover movie uh, digitally released. So it's out there. I don't know about... I haven't read any reviews. So I, I don't really know what's going on with it. I I did see something online that it's it's quite enjoyable. So okay. I, uh, I'm looking forward to watching it. Yeah. You know, me too. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I know. It's um, like two of the greatest uh, franchises from our childhood. Exactly. And, you know, you got Troy Baker doing voices, Darren Chris doing a voice. I mean, like, I'm, I'm down. So that actually came out on Tuesday. Uh, we're recording this on the 16th. So, okay. And then we also have the Lego uh, DC film, which is Batman Family Matters. That's coming out in August. Does uh, Carl, Carl Winslow... Uh, co-star in this? Urkel does. He is the oh, Urkel does. Batman. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, honestly, it looks awesome. My wife and I were like, what the hell is this movie? <laughs> looks great. Yeah. The Lego movies are a lot of fun. Uh, so they just, just keep them coming. <laughs> That's right. Good, That's right. good for all ages. So let's get into this. Uh, this morning, Batwoman trailer dropped. There's the CW Upfront. Um, it's part of CBS's Upfront, uh, where they really they reveal some new stuff. Like, and actually, I'll have to talk about it down on the list, but I'll add it to it because we got some breaking news. But um, anyway, we got our first trailer for Batwoman. What did you think? Um, I I'm I'm down. I'm in for it. Uh, while I do think it was uh, pretty much the entire pilot um, hmm. shown in that trailer, I I'm cool. Uh, so you get you get some villains, you get Lucius Fox, uh, you get Ruby Rose. Uh, it's all it's all going to be prior to her her appearance on 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 the on the CW shows last year's crossover. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's cool. We'll get the origin story and kind of where she, where how she makes her way into Gotham prior to that, and then. Uh, it is confirmed that five of the shows will be a part of crisis on infinite earth. So we'll see, uh, which five that is, that is. So this, this play, when does this take place? The show? Batman? Yeah. I just, it takes place before her appearance in. No, in, I know. But like, Oh, what do you mean? A year, like six months. I, do you know? Who knows? Who knows, man? Because she seems pretty well established as Bat- Batwoman at right. that point, to a certain extent. To a because certain people, extent. the heroes don't know she's there, but she's still been doing things. So mm-hmm. I would say, yeah, I'd say a year, two years prior to what, when we were introduced to her. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I. Um, there's a couple different situations. I'm I'm excited about it because it is very similar to. Batman Elegy, um, that storyline, which I read and thought it was a lot of fun. It's got a little bit of the Rebirth stuff in there that I saw from the comics as well. So definitely playing up on the Elegy storyline, though, with um, I can't remember what that villain's name is, but she's like, I think she's, her name is Alice. Yeah, Matt, Matt, Crazy Alice or something yeah, like that. Yeah, so... You know that was in there, and I thought that was really cool. So, it's 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 going to be interesting because we've had Gotham, which is in Gotham. <laughs> we've had Arrow, which is basically Batman. Like, how do you set yourself apart from those two series? That it, it, it's going to be, and and how deep are they going to dive into the mythology of Batman? Which they did drop Bruce Wayne left and right, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but how much? Carte Blanche is DC giving them is what I want to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. So you mean you can throw names on Arkham Arkham cell doors and stuff like that, yeah. but when will we see 
like the rogues that we want to see right you know who will we see Mm -hmm. so i um you know what at this point with dc i don't think they i think the gloves are kind of off so i kind of like that because now it's kind of be like oh this person could just show up here and we don't care yeah (laughs) you know so good that's awesome i I like that they've just kind of let loose on that i hope so all right so also with the CW upfront, we have an announcement for a Deathstroke animated show uh, coming to CW Seed, similar to um, what's her name, Vixen. Yeah, and Vixen and Constantine, Constantine. And, and the Ray. The Ray. Um, yeah, they've got a nice little lineup on there now. I haven't watched any of this stuff. Have you? I have. I have only watched uh, Vixen, which I enjoyed a lot. Uh, I really want to watch Constantine uh, because that's gotten rave reviews. And the Ray was supposed to be good. It takes place, you know, um, two years ago. Crossover was Earth X, so that's that's what it's based on, which is great. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I. You know, Deathstroke. Do we know who's voicing him? There was no confirmation that Manu Bennett would be a part of this. There's no confirmation at all. No details given no at all about this. No when it takes place. If it, nope. You, the only thing I will say is that those do tie into the Arrowverse. So yep, yep, yep. I'm curious as to what because he's on Arrow for a long time, all season uh, two is is Deathstroke. So absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Um, and then finally, uh, Netflix is going to be ending its CW slash DC contract after. Um, is it this season or is it next season? Yeah, so it's the shows that aired this season. So this is the last time that they'll have the whole lineup. So it's kind of, the article is kind of funny because it goes into depth a little bit. What will remain on there and what won't and what's being shopped out to other markets. So the basic thing is, is that the shows are individually available for uh, whoever to pick up. Um, so that's that's kind of where they're at right now. And it, I read something where the Flash would stay on Netflix, but the other one, like it's it's kind of it's kind of convoluted. Uh, so I don't, I'm not exactly sure. Just know this that uh, starting with this coming season's shows, including Batwoman, uh, most likely it's either going to go to the WB streaming service or whoever else bids them out. So we'll see. Hmm. Okay. Um, that's very interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Netflix. Netflix is having some issues, so we'll s- well, Netflix. Netflix ended this contract, according to the article. So it's kind of. Um, I'm sure that their DC was like, "All right, well, you want to keep these uh, properties away from us and not not let us have the rights to it because we have this contract, then we're going to up the price or whatever next time." And probably was just like, "That was it," you know, wash our hands with it. Right. And since they, they're doing their own Warner Media streaming uh, service, yeah, you know, like hopefully it all goes under one roof. Um, yeah, it's it's funny because I, lo- I like DC Universe, but hey, I haven't watched DC Daily in months because it got lame. Um, and they got away from that, that really good um, format that I liked. Uh, way too much discussion. Like, I don't mind discussions, but you also have to have news mixed in with it if you're doing a daily show. Um, so for what for for somebody who's you know taking advantage of the service for the last i don't know how many months now i would say that rolling it into the overall wb service would be uh, probably the best best move on their part i agree i agree um all right let's talk about valiant yeah absolutely some good good stuff coming from valiant 
So we've got Psylord's comic <laughs> coming. Um, and if you go into valiant.com, uh, there is a Psylord's tip line. Yeah. I'm not going to spoil it, but just call it. Get involved in the Psylord's comic that's coming out later on this year. Um, soon, I think, right? Yeah, so it's uh, June 18th, I believe yeah, it is. about a month. Yeah, so we're a month out. Um, so, you know, pay attention. DFAT's got some uh, Psylord's stuff coming up, including a review of the first issue and also a an interview with uh, writer Fred Van Lent. So look forward yeah. to that. Yeah, so they are another superhero team. Not similar to Unity, but a team in that universe, but in the future, from the future. So Yeah, the original team. Uh, so... They debuted back in the original run back in the 90s with uh, Valiant, and they were originally, uh, they debuted in a Ray comic and mm-hmm. and then um, ran for 10 issues of their own. So they were like hardcore members and then somehow ended up in the future. It's, it's kind of like wacky stuff. So this one, this series, I don't know how, if it's going to tie into that which I think it may. Uh, they're really good about that kind of stuff usually. Um, but this is really an interesting beginning to the series. Beautiful art by Renato uh, Guedes. And um, it's really a, it's a, it's a great start to the series. I love, I love the first issue. So. Yeah. I see they, they have to uh, break out of a prison in order mm-hmm. to try to find these psychic beings known as the Psylords. Yep. Okay. This sounds crazy. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Good, good. And then uh, keeping up with the Valiant news, um, we are getting another or new Dr. Mirage series, <laughs> uh, five-issue series um, for writer Magdalene Viziaggio, uh, who's written for, for Valiant before. Um, this one should be good. This is coming out in August. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, Dr. Mirage just showed up in Incursion number three, I think it was, mm-hmm. um, to help uh, the Eternal Warrior uh, protect the Geomancer and stuff. So um, it was cool to see her show up. And I am looking forward to I, yeah, reading this series. I love the supernatural side of Valiant. Me too. Me too. So, um, all right. So kind of keeping up with our comic book news. Uh, we've got a crossover from Hack Slash and The Crow mm. coming to IDW with, um, gosh, Tim Seeley back on on writing, the creator of Hack Slash. You know, I like these mashups with her, with Cassie Hack. Mm-hmm. She she basically kills, or at least has to fight, like every major horror related person ever, like Chucky and. You know, her main dude kind of looks like Jason Voorhees, and like it's just a lot of fun. So, haven't seen the Crow in comics in forever, so I'm curious how this is gonna work. Yeah, yeah, this is exactly where I want to see the Crow show up. Not in the big screen, <laughs> not anywhere else. Just, just in comics, please. Just please. in comics. Um, and then so big team up or acquisition no merger is the term i I really should be putting in here Mm. lion forge and ani press uh have merged now if you've been keeping up in the comic book world this week then you know that the merger was not a welcome one (laughs) for the people (laughs) working it sounds like a 
a straight up shit show, to be honest with you. Um, but, you know, I, I was excited at first because they were preaching a lot of diversity and a lot of new voices and um, just sounded like a really cool thing between these two maybe kind of mid-tier comic book publishers. And now they're just facing a lot of backlash. Yeah, it's it's too bad when these things happen because you would love to see these smaller, you know, imprints kind of uh, come together and, and become stronger. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, unfortunately, when things seem good on the outside, sometimes there's inside turmoil. So we'll see if that works itself out or not. But, um, you know, time will tell. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So um, let's talk about Firefly. Uh Firefly Sting is a new comic that teams up all of the female characters um, in the Firefly universe to go on a heist together. Awesome. Um, the new comic book is written by Delilah S. Dawson, who wrote the Captain Phasma book. She effing killed it in that book. I mm-hmm. mean, it's it's Mad Max. It's sci-fi. It's a lot of fun. Um, I can't even imagine what she's going to do in the Firefly world. I'm, I'm pumped for this comic. Who uh who who has Firefly now? IDW, Dark Horse. I think it's Boom. Because oh, Boom. Okay. I think it's all Waden. Okay, so they have all the titles, all the Waden. Right, which means yeah, it is Boom. I, okay. It means guess what? We'll probably end up getting some sort of weird crossover with Buffy and Mal, and you know what I mean. I I would not be surprised if down the road something happens with all this. It's all connected. That's right. Um, and just so everyone knows, if you have not been reading, read that Buffy comic and Angel 2. Uh, new issue number one of Angel comes out uh, next week, I think, and Buffy issue number four or five. So anyway, good stuff. Um, all right. So we got this weird announcement Yeah, <laughs> that uh, Marvel would be launching its 1,000th issue, which makes... No sense on numerous levels. None of their comics have been gone long enough to be a thousand. Marvel is not a thousand, like it's not its own comic. So doing a little digging, apparently it's just a made up term over at Marvel, seemingly to kind of coincide with action comics with number one thousand and detective comics number one thousand from DC, which earned their issue numbers. What like what do you think of this? Um, as usual, it's, it's Marvel just copying what DC does, um, uh, which they're very good at and yeah. vice, vice versa a little bit, but, um, that's, that's the ever never ending war between the two. But, um, yeah. you know, Marvel's been teasing something big for August, um, for their 80th anniversary or whatever they want to say it is. I, I, I don't know exactly the count, but who knows if that's even made up, but that is made up. Um, it's all, it, it all kinds of, it just, it, it all is really superficial to me and it kind of pisses me off at the same time. Um, because Marvel can't just do their own shit. Um, instead of like putting a new number one out every three months or something like that. Um, but what I want to see from Marvel is, is an initiative that does bring back the readership that does kind of go back to the roots and, 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 and stop doing all this. Is... Well, we're going to talk about that in a second. Exactly. Yes. We'll talk about that, but yeah. you know. Hopefully, you know, I would love to go back and, and start reading X-Men. Um, I just read about a new, uh, there's a new Gary Dugan uh, Fantastic Four Yancey Street 
uh, comic that's coming out soon that'll that's going to kind of be more of a going back to the roots of the team and with Kirby villains and stuff like that. So, you know, they there's a lot of negativity around Marvel comics right now, uh, but I I would love to see them kind of turn that around. I agree, hundred um, percent. I haven't read a Marvel comic in in years since Secret Wars. Well, so you guys know, I've been reading. Um, uh, I forgot what his name is. Coates, uh, his Captain America run. Um, anything by him, amazing. Yeah. Um, so there are some highlights, of course. Uh, Clay does a lot of Marvel highlights in his top of the stack every Wednesday um, because you know uh, there are there are people doing really good things at marvel but unfortunately it's been kind of just uh i would say just i the the main distraction is that they they just try too much new stuff all the time yep that's it yep um so just to kind of keep going off of that marvel 1000 though there's gonna be i don't even know a hundred different variants maybe a thousand probably a thousand Mm -hmm. and then Almost everyone who's <clears throat> literally ever written for Marvel is coming back and doing like a little piece. Uh, you know, we got heavy hitters like Neil Gaiman. We've got Jonathan Hickman. We've got <laughs> Kelly Sue DeConnick. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, this list honestly goes on forever. Charles Soule, Steve McNiven, Dan Scott, yeah. Mark Wade. I could go on um, and I'm not going to. But anyway, and then, you know, some old guys. Like Walter Simonson comes back, J. Michael Straczynski comes back. Awesome. Um, you know Brad Meltzer. You know, like so we not even old, but you know what I mean. Like just oh yeah, people who used to work for Marvel, Mike Diodato. You know, like there's people that are on here that we haven't seen for a little while that are coming back. Um, so yeah, you know it's uh, it's Rob Lowe. <laughs> no, Rob Lee. <laughs> yeah, Rob Lee. Jeff Loeb. Jeff Loeb, yeah. No, yeah. Rob Layfeld just did his Major X card, uh, comic character, so which is funny because that's another kind of throwback to the the '90s and, yep. and the old days. Yep. Um, so I just feel like they're they're going to do a little reshape here, and we might see a a, re, a relaunch of the uh, the publisher. If this means that after this, it's fun and I'm back to it. I mean, like you got people like Jeff Lemire's coming back, like. You know, uh, we've got people like Adam F. Goldberg, who who created the Goldbergs. You know what that's I mean? Awesome. Like Phil yeah. Lord and Chris Miller, we talked about last week. So, like, yep. that's the thing. Like, we've got some crazy stuff happening. It's just, it'll be interesting. I'm gonna read it. Hundred. I think we do. We already buy that. I can't remember. <laughs> I haven't. It's not. It's not up for pre-order yet. Oh, and when it is, okay. I will let you know. I looked yeah, for it because Alex or yeah, Alex Ross draws the cover, so of course it got happened. Um, yep. Yep, that's that's my thing with the the Captain America run too. It's like, man, you guys love Alex Ross variants. Well, why don't you just buy the series that has Alex Ross on every cover? Doing. Why Ameri- do you think I own all of the Space Ghost? Yeah, it's amazing when you he know? just does his regular stuff. Yeah, got to get him. Um. All right, let's talk about what we were kind of mentioning. So there is going to be a complete X Men relaunch with Jonathan Hickman. What are your What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> I'm not. I like Jonathan Hickman, but yeah. this would mean, like, for me, this would mean their characters are in space and they're dealing with what's her name, Lalandra. I can't remember exactly. Like, it, he's a spaceman. He's a science guy. He's not. 
the family dynamics. Uh, I don't know about that. Um, he's a little bit of he's a little bit of everything. Um, it's I just, just my personal. Opinion. Yeah, no, um, I understand. Um, I would say that he had he had you know at the end people were kind of like uh, Hickman da 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 da. Yeah, Jonathan Hickman did. I'm going to say marvelous things at Marvel, man. And um, yes. you know there are more than less. Uh, they're they're hits um and as convoluted he's as he may have gotten or he may not have gotten to finish his shield run and some other comics that he started but he was a major player at marvel for a long time oh for sure major major stories that have impacts for years to come so i love x-men i think that the x-men universe is very convoluted right now it's been a mess for years and i think that maybe it is time to just cap it and say let's start over Especially, especially since now that the MCU is about to usher in a new age of, of X Men movies, so. right? Right. I mean, right. they got they got screwed up for years because they didn't want to they didn't want to publish them, and then all of a sudden they wanted to publish them, and they started publishing like Wildfire. It was crazy how many X Men titles there were suddenly, and um, you know that's it, when you put out too much, sometimes it gets a little messy. So yeah, let's uh, let's go back to our roots, like I just said. Yep, I agree. All right, let's talk about uh, DC. Real quick, <laughs> DC slash Wildstorm, Warren Ellis and artist Ramon Villalobos are going to be relaunching Wildcats in August. Cool. One of my favorite comics when I was a kid. And actually, yeah. my sister, that was her favorite comic was Wildcats. Yeah, um, Wildcats was great, man. Uh, and they had a cartoon. Yeah, they had animated series. Um, they bought brought back grifter when it was the new 52 relaunch yeah, and some of the other that. characters yep. so you know the wildcats characters have been alive and well in the dc now wildstorm universe for years now yeah so let's get that new series out i uh yeah in warren ellis exactly Always. exactly all right well guys this is a good point to take a quick break so we'll be right back there yeah, the bugger is she's a big one ain't she oi over 20 points of articulation, great sculpting, and look at the paint job on her. We've been looking all over for this one. Let's get them in our sights and end this hunt now. All right. All right. Steady. Steady now. Got him! It's the pursuit of plastic. Listen to the podcast from the creators of Don'tForgetAtowel.com, geek out about toy news, hunting, and histories on your favorite collectibles. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Casey from Gourmet Scum Radio. We're two cousins talking about geeky pop culture stuff. You a fan of television, music, and movies of the 80s? (laughs) Well, we are too. Do you like being transported to galaxies far, far away and the threat of troglodytes that go boom in the night? Well, we're going to geek out about it. Have you ever scared yourself listening to ska music while reading a comic book and sipping on a tasty Jones soda? Then this is the podcast for you. Gourmet Scum Radio is here to tickle your holes and make you believe in dynamite explosions. Run again. All right, we are back after hopefully those brand new recorded trailers because I did give the script over to Tim. Oh, right. <laughs> Thank you, Tim, for if, some fresh commercials. Yes, yes. If not, Actually, probably not. It's probably the old one. 
Titans. Oh, okay. Soon, guys. New trailers they're, are coming. New, they're new, coming. New trailers coming. All right. Speaking of trailers, uh, we're going to talk some TV news. We've got a trailer for Nancy Drew uh, coming this fall to the CW. What do you think of this trailer? I I dug it. I um, you know, with with their success with uh, Riverdale and and then getting that spinoff on Netflix, uh, that world has developed quite nicely. So I would love to see more of these old these old stories and that had fans from years and years ago. You know, so it's going to bring out old fans and new fans alike that that know who Nancy Drew is. And you know, it was a it looks to be a good mystery show with some good creep outs. So uh, I'm looking forward to it after watching that trailer. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's, um, it's good. Uh, it's, I'm on the fence to be quite honest with you. Um, not in a bad way, just kind of like, because it's so much like Riverdale, which I love. Um, and then I've got things like, I love Veronica Mars and that's a very good detective story. So I'm just, I I'll give it a chance. It, it's, it's enough for I, for me to go, okay, let me see what, see what you guys got going on here. So I wasn't super impressed, but I wasn't turned off by it. Yeah. That's all. Um, it's just so much like, it's ridiculous how much it's like Riverdale, but I guess like that's the idea. Okay. Uh, next thing, Mike Coulter. A.K.A. Luke Cage, A.K.A. Hoodies Up, he is coming back to TV in the show Evil as a priest. He's going to be fighting, I don't know, monsters, not even monsters, like exorcism type stuff. I, I, it's coming to CBS. Uh, it looks okay. <laughs> okay. Did you watch the trailer or no? No, I didn't. Um, I didn't have a chance. The only thing that's cool is like Michael Emerson's on it. Oh, cool. Um, which is great. So it just, it looks kind of generic. Yeah. And that's the problem, to be quite honest with you, with network television is like, it just, you can't do the things that you can do now, sometimes on Netflix and Hulu and stuff where it's like, I don't know. I, I, I haven't watched network TV in so long now. It's just kind of like, I don't care. You know, it's, it's funny because um, I just realized like, I try to keep up in the CW shows and then I fell off uh, about, about a two mo- month and a half ago, but it's like, as much as I want to try to motivate myself to watch it, it's just like, Oh, I could just go watch doom patrol instead. Um, and it's not even that I don't love those shows. It's just like you just said, the content, the mature content, the writing, the, the it's just these, these streaming shows are, are just hitting, hitting the, uh, hitting the high notes lately. So, well, I, I will say I have quite enjoyed the CW this year. Yes. No, I have too. Oh, but no. I'm just it's hard it's hard to get around to watch network TV sometimes when there's so much good streaming stuff out there like right. binge watching Cobra Kai until I can't can't keep my eyes open yeah. anymore. So But the Arrow and Flash and everybody did have their season finales this week and Arrow if I was a more emotional man, I mm-hmm. would have wept. It was very good. That's what I that heard. Was, that was my favorite one this season, to be quite honest. Cool. That was always my favorite, so I'm glad it's But even it's like getting... better than like usually like, like the flash will be better this season, whereas I was like, eh, it's it's fine. Yeah. Air was yeah. better. But let's go over. Let's go over to Netflix, of course. Um we've got 
they have ordered the magic order to series, which doesn't make any sense because they already bought Noir World, so everything he does should be just. <laughs> but regardless, we've got James Wan producing with Lindsay Beer also producing. She'll be the writer slash showrunner, and James Wan will direct the first episode. Um, the Lin- the the magic order is effing brilliant. <laughs> just fantastic fantastic uh comic book um lindsey beer has been doing some good stuff she did sierra burgess as a loser uh for um netflix she's got that chaos walking movie that's coming out with tom holland and uh daisy ridley she's tapped to be writing masters of the universe so she's like one of these young hollywood upstarts who's been going crazy with netflix deals so you know what do you think about this uh awesome james wan is the busiest man in hollywood now um but i yeah i i can't wait to see millar world come to life on tv yeah when it actually happens you know Mm -hmm. waiting Mm -hmm. waiting for it so um and the merchandising please yeah well we'll see netflix is so good with that um which we actually will talk about because they did do some clever merchandising lately (laughs) Um, we got on She-Ra, the cartoon show, Gina Davis to be voicing Huntra, who I didn't watch enough She-Ra to know who this person is. Do you? Do you still watch that show? Uh, no, we didn't finish it yet. And I forgot who Huntara is from the original show. A picture's coming to mind, but, um, that's cool. Gina Davis. Um, it was cool seeing her on The Exorcist. Uh, so she's staying busy still. Yeah, she is. And, you know, so the next season comes out uh, in August, season three. I mean, they're really freaking blazing through this stuff. Two Isn't times, it? Two times it would, a year. It would be season, probably part, no, it would be season two because part two of season one just came out, right? Or they, that's how they do it. No. Is part, the parts are seasons and they're out every quarter or something like that. Yeah, it's a little bit different with like, uh sabrina they split it into parts yeah but i think this is season three interesting okay the cartoons they typically they don't try to confuse kids um okay and then so netflix dark horse uh does land a deal with them to produce some more exclusive content uh we've obviously got the umbrella academy season two coming out they released polar this year this year um that movie which was Fun, super fun. Check out our interview, um, actually, with uh, Chris. I'm, I'm, help me out here. Oh, you're putting me on the spot. I, I, I got to go to the website to do that, my it's, friend. It's Josh Crudis. I just yes. I just can't remember if I said it right or not. So anyway, yep. Josh yep. Crudis was in Polar. Um, check out our interview with him on don'tforgettowel.com. But what do you think of uh, you know Dark Horse? A, landing this deal on Netflix. B, anything that you want to see get produced. Uh, to be honest with you, it would be... I'm okay with uh, Dark, Forge, Dark Horse getting giving more content to Netflix. Sure, bring it all to life. Netflix needs these, these deals with... I would rather see Netflix do these deals with these smaller companies. I would love to see something like... Um, um, even like something like Valiant at that way sometimes, but um, that's just wishful thinking. But um, 
to be honest, I can't come up with anything offhand uh, because the only thing I think about when I think about Dark Horse is Alien and Predator. So, yeah, which will now go to Hulu. Um, mm-hmm. I think, even though the movie flopped, a Hellboy TV series. I was gonna say that you know, and it's too bad the movie flopped because I do want to watch it and I want to make up my own mind about it. Yeah, um, for sure. But yeah, a Hellboy TV series would be great, and why not? David Harbour is already attached to Netflix. Yep, I can see it happening. All right, um, we're going over to Hulu. Disney has now taken control of Hulu. We already kind of mentioned that, so actually I'm going to skip past it. All right, so Jendi uh, Tartakovsky um, has a new series coming to Adult Swim called Primal. Uh, mm. takes place during the dinosaur ages, the Jurassic period. I don't know, whatever, but it's got like a caveman riding a dinosaur who eats other dinosaurs. Amazing. Looks so great. Sounds historically correct and everything. It's, well, it's yeah, we got a little sneak preview, <laughs> maybe 30 second trailer, but it was pretty yeah. badass. Um, love his animation style. Hell you yeah. Know, it, it just looks like right up our alley. Absolutely. I can't wait. I can't wait for that. Uh, this weekend, we also have the end of Game of Thrones, the most divisive <laughs> series franchise since The Last Jedi and Star Wars. Yeah. Um, if you listen to the Rule of Two podcast over at Collider, they actually just literally talked all about the latest episode of Game of Thrones and, and related it to Star Wars. Awesome. It, was, it was cool. It was it was good perspective on it. Um, but anyway, you know, it's ending. And one way or another, it's still one of the greatest TV shows of all time. Um, it's going it. to be curious how where the fan... I, I personally think they'll stick the landing, and I think it's going to end up making up for any weirdness that has happened out throughout the rest of this season. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty patient for giving person when it comes to this kind of stuff. I just... And I also... I'm also one of those people that would love just to fight to fight fans with over expectations, you know? So um, I, I, you know what, let's wait till the end. Just like I say about, you know, the rise of Skywalker and we can all make our judgments when it's done. So if you haven't enjoyed the last eight years of game of Thrones, there's something wrong with you in the first place. So I understand everybody's arguments. I get it, but let's try to enjoy it. And then we can talk about it as a whole when it's over, which we probably will. And next episode. And sorry, we'll just put it on the list, my friend. That's right. So, last kind of piece of TV news here um, is that we got our first look at Star Trek Picard. They did say it's not the actual uh, name of the show, but that's what they're kind of calling it right now. But we got our first look at uh, at Picard, um, not wearing a captain's uniform. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is interesting. So it's, you know, when does it take place? What time period? You know what I mean? We don't really know exactly. You would assume it's in the Star Trek Discovery world. I don't know. So weird right now because there's like different timelines. Star Trek Discovery is definitely, you know, it's, I would say it's going to take place way after that. Um, I, I guess just assume it's in the same world as TNJ, just later. All of it's all connected, my friend. Right. All right. of it. Even the JJ Abrams movies are connected. So it's just like it's all um and I'm down. 
So just please tell me when this debuts. I'm going to sign up for CPSL Access. Yep. Yep. There you go. All right. So I had the opportunity to speak with Will Gong, uh, the writer and creator of Bunkheads, which is out now on Amazon Prime. So please enjoy the interview. We're like family. You know, not family you like, but family you're stuck with. I'm so excited. All right. Hello, Towelites, and welcome to another edition of Towelite Talk. My name is Chris, and I am here with Will Gong, the creator and writer of Bunkheads. And so Bunkheads is a post-zombie apocalypse show that, uh, that features four individuals who are surviving in a bunker, and it's a little bit different than your usual zombie uh, survival show. And so uh, Will is here to talk about uh, his, his creative uh, genius on this show and, uh, you know, the, the process of getting it on Amazon and uh, everything that follows. So I'd just like to welcome you, Will. And uh, if you have anything to say to our uh, listeners, uh, feel free. Oh, well, first of all, I just want to thank you for having me on the show. Um, this is, it, it's always great to be able to talk about the show and also just to be able to connect with people. So I'm really glad to be here. Absolutely. So, Will, can you tell me a little bit about the uh, what led to uh, to Bunkheads, the concept, and um, bringing it to life? Yeah, totally. So um, one of the one of the things that I was looking to do um, maybe about five or six years ago was uh, start to develop some TV shows, um, specifically something kind of in the sitcom realm. Um, I've been writing features for a long time and, you know, looking to get uh, some traction on them, but uh, was looking to actually make something of my own. And uh, a sitcom just felt like something that I could do, um, if not a pilot, but uh, also maybe look to do something a little bit bigger than that. Um, so at the time, we were kind of living in the, the, the apex of zombie apocalypse content. Like The Walking Dead was at its ratings peak. Um, there were movies, World War Z had come out. And I kind of noticed that none of these shows were funny. Um, you know, Shaun of the Dead was hilarious, but that had been, you know, 12 years ago or something like that. And uh, I just felt like there was just this place where, I mean, like, no, there's nothing really fun about being in the zombie apocalypse, but we are humans and after a while we survive we kind of start to make the best of our situation and you know you can get used to something and for me it was like well how would i be able to make something funny even though we're in the apocalypse and uh, i've been living in a sub uh subunit of a house and we kind of always called it my bunker so uh it just kind of I put those two things together and was like, wait, if there had been a, like a fallout shelter bunker that someone had created, like, and these four strangers got trapped together, then maybe they could kind of learn to live together. And would that kind of create a, you know, a roommate sitcom? Like, could you, could that work? And, uh, after a little bit more developing and, uh, spitballing it with my creative partners, Gabriel Ryder and Lauren Klitzbull, we, we thought that this would work really well. So we went about uh, developing and writing scripts. Awesome. Yeah. You know, the, I really, going into Bunkheads, I had some uh, preconceived notions of what it was going to be about, 
how much like you know with it being zombie like being a zombie apocalypse but when you go and watch the show zombies are hardly even part of the show at all um it's it's funny because i thought about it last night it's almost like it could be a stage play um where everybody's in this one locale and you know all the everything happens there basically unless they go outside the bunker of course but um it's really just the concentration on these four survivors and 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 their and their antics (laughs) so yeah yeah it really is you know and i i worked um when i came out here i i got a job in post-production and worked um in the middle of the night with kind of like six people for two years and you know they they become your family you're and you're kind of stuck with them um and uh like that was kind of a big inspiration in the sense of like well you know i i haven't found another job elsewhere and um eventually i just love these people and i love being here um but what one of the things that was was fun about bunkheads you know along with that is that you every decision that you make is is dramatized is is so much more impactful like a hundred percent because if you you can't just leave you can't just go outside and take a break from these people if you do you are potentially you know offering yourself up as zombie food um <laughs> and that's what i found so interesting you know and and that's where i found comedy and conflict uh for these characters because you know you, you just get you, you get sick of people and you know what do you do when going outside does that to you so that was uh that was you know where so much of it just came from yeah, absolutely, and I guess the the big thing is having these diff- different personalities all trapped in in the same space and how they react to each other. So, can you tell oh, me a yeah. little bit about how you know where each character came from uh, when it comes you know? So there's Cash, Matt, Kip, and Danny. Um, mm-hmm. So where where did your inspiration for each character come from, and were they were they based on people you knew or just you yeah. you said hey these uh these personalities let's let's throw them into this this situation and see how that works out yeah absolutely well so matt was uh in in many ways matt and i are very similar so i i, I don't want to say that he's exactly me but like he and i share a lot of dna in the sense that we try to make the best that we can of terrible situations and we like to bring people together and sometimes we also don't live in uh, reality um and have a way of just kind of like masking over the things that we don't want to see um and you know that to me was a was was the the character that i just saw being kind of the de facto uh adult in the room um uh danny was you know i had written i'd written some scripts um with you know female characters aside and female characters in the front, and had spent a lot of time thinking about what it was like to be the only girl in the room, um, to be the, the the one that's just trying to you know be there and be respected and have a voice and deal with being objectified all the time. Um, our director Lauren, you know she she's been she's been in that situation a thousand times and was an invaluable. Uh, development partner in that sense um and for that character it just felt right to to have it be the only girl in the bunker and have her kind of have to deal with that you know and also for me you know being in LA you run into a lot of uh like 
I mean, just auditioning, working actors and actresses and the lifestyle is hard and difficult and you, you need to commit. And uh, so for her to be going from somebody that wants to be seen, wants to be loved, to being kind of trapped and, you know, have like affection uh, unconsciously forced upon her, um, whether or not she has a choice in that was fascinating for me. Uh, Cash was, I'm, I'm mixed race. So my dad is Chinese and my mom is white and I've grown up with the question, what are you? Um, pretty much all the time. And, uh, I have some friends that are big sci-fi fans and I kind of just put those two things together. Um, and Kip, Kip came out of, Kip was, I was looking for the source of conflict and had initially kind of conceived him as being like 16 and just, you know, ridiculous and, uh, obnoxious but naive um but the more that i developed cash the more i felt like i needed a counterpart to that um and at the same time when i was writing it we were going through the 2016 election period and process and it just felt to me that there was so much like conflict in the world and just differing opinions so you know i kind of took a lot of the the voices that i was hearing from you know the republican side um of the of that equation and kind of combined it with you know an obnoxious uh teenager and aged him a little bit and then it just felt like the most ridiculous thing in the world to have him want to be a rapper um and that 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 character was the one that we worked through the most and it was something that didn't completely click until we hired chris o'brien to play him and uh you know that that's where he came from yeah, there's so much. To, there are a lot of dynamics just happening amongst those four, and yeah. you know, it's it's funny because it's 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 not a long show, so you get you yeah. know, it's so it's very compact, and a lot of things are happening at once, and it's 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 really interesting how those those personalities are developed over yeah. over just those six those six episodes. So I was very absolutely yeah, I was very uh, impressed by just just when I when I finished watching, I was like, oh, well, I would love to see uh, what happens to four of them some more. So. I yeah, know. very, very nice. Um, Thank you. Let me ask about a little bit about uh, crowdfunding. Was it a major part of uh, bringing Bunkheads to life? Uh, can you tell me about any of the experiences you had there? Yeah, absolutely. So um, first of all, I just want to thank everybody who uh, helped us out. Um, and then secondly, uh, crowdfunding is, I, I have to say that I think personally for me, crowdfunding was the hardest part of the process. Um, it was ne- it was necessary. There was no way we were going to make it. Um, the, the three of us uh, were, you know, we we there was a financial contribution from each of us, but it wasn't something that we wanted to. We didn't want to take out a lot of debt. We didn't want to take out a lot of, you know, um, like just take out of our savings, you know, any more than we were like that we could do. Um, but this was done through passion, and it was something that we wanted to do. Um, and we also wanted to make a complete story, uh, after we committed to making it, it just, and we had the scripts, we were like, there's no way we're just going to build a bunker and do one episode or two episodes. Um, so, you know, for all of us, we had to, we had to crowdfund and that meant, you know, that just meant putting yourself out there and, you know, asking the community and everyone you know and friends of friends like to support you and believe in your vision. Um, completely invaluable, but very, very challenging. 
yeah. No, absolutely. Um, yeah, we we use a few different things to uh, put out comics and and uh, and hopefully get those kind of things started. It's a great, it's a great new as you know way to get money into these projects. Um, absolutely. You know, without having to either sell out to something you know larger, you know, as they say, or right. um, but yeah, just keeping people and uh, and getting those supporters. And you know, I just think that just grows a bi- a bigger like fan base for uh, for you know indie art. So we're uh... oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, I completely agree. And I, you know, I, it, one of the things that I think, especially you know, if you're trying to, if you're you're making comic books, like having your own vision for the work and the art, and being able to get that across is incredibly valuable. And by doing it independently, you have that ability to do it. You have that choice. Um, you can tell your story without compromises, you know, and and really see how it goes out there. And that's what's great about Patreon, Two Star, Indiegogo, and all the other ones. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, quick question about yeah. uh, where 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 people can watch Bunkheads presently. So, is it only on Amazon Prime at this point? It is. Yeah, right now. So we we made a choice um, last year. We were looking at uh, different forms of distribution, and um, one of the things we when we sat down and watched it, we were just like, wow, this really feels like something you should watch on your TV. Um, and we, you know, like the two biggest ways that people watch, I guess, streaming, well, three biggest ways is Hulu, Netflix, and Amazon Prime. And we knew that, you know, Prime Prime looks for things with uh, like a professional quality. And if you are very upfront about what you're selling, they're very upfront to put it on their site. Um, you know, and uh, that's, you know, we don't need, you don't need Prime to sign off on your content, like to, to go on the site, unlike, you know, Hulu and Netflix. Uh, um, they buy your stuff straight out. Uh, so with Prime, you know, we were able to put it up there and yeah, that's, that's where it lives right now. And we've had, we've had so many people discover the show in the past two months. It is, you know, it has gone way beyond our wildest dreams. That's great to hear, uh, especially you know where it was hard to get these in, these indie projects out before, and now, uh, like we just discussed, it's a lot easier to get them out to the the general public. It so is. I'm very it happy. It is, and you know you've got to you got to work at it too. Like we finished the show and then spent three months just developing marketing materials, developing the press kits, trailers, teasers, short videos, you know, stills with texts, posters, all the things that you, you got to do. Um, to, to get it out there. And that, that's one of the, you know, the Amazon, you can put it on there, um, but they, they don't, they're not going to push it themselves. You've got to push it. You've got to find that passion at the end of the road um, after you've made the project to, to get it, get eyeballs on it. Absolutely. So what what's next for Bunkheads? Uh, do we have a season two down the pipeline? What other projects are you working on right now? Yeah, so, you know, we uh, we have, we you know, the perfect world for Bunkheads would be uh, a three-season run. Um, but uh, right now, we, we're still kind of focusing on the publicity push um, to get as many people to see season one as possible and kind of build up a fan base from there. Um, we are starting to, you know, get meetings uh, with production companies and uh, producers to, to talk about uh, the idea of if, you know, Bunkhead season two would work 
on their platforms and get people involved in it and get others involved in it. Um, see if we're good partners, uh, along with, you know, looking at other material that we're working on. We've got, we have a, uh, Gabe, Lauren and I have a bunch of pitches from web series to TV shows, to films that we're looking to, you know, uh, get, get to, to have talks about along with Bunkhead season two. Um, our heart is with Bunkhead season two, but you know, right now, uh, with, with, I guess the way that streaming uh, is kind of working is that they're really looking for established IP or uh, stars to ground it, to give it an audience in advance. Um, so, you know, if we get enough people to love uh, season one and watch season one, then, you know, anything becomes possible. That's great to hear. And hopefully, you know, through interviews and, and sharing and social media and whatnot, we can get the uh, the word out there even more for you. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I really enjoyed Bunkheads oh, a lot. I had a really good laugh. It reminded me a lot of um, working, working with my friends as well, and uh, on film and just having a good time. You know, that's that's what it's really about. So, um, yeah. Last question of the day for you, sure. Will, before we get out of here. Uh, hey, any tips for aspiring writers or creators out there? Oh yeah, write all the time and make stuff like. Um, you know, one of the one of the things that I, I would say is the, what the hardest part about moving out to LA or or just devoting yourself to writing to the craft of writing and developing and making things is to get out of your own head, stop being a perfectionist, and just just do it, just make it. Find find friends who are willing to help you out. You know, uh, get inspired and and try because the more you try and the more you make and the more you know, like. You, you fail, honestly, uh, the more likely you're going to succeed in the long run. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for that, Will. And also, thank oh, you. You're very welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, yeah. Again, Will Gong, writer and creator of Bunkheads. Catch season one now on Amazon Prime. And, you know, check us out on don'tforgettotell.com and also our socials. And uh, so we'll be sharing even more from uh, Will Gong and Bunkheads in the near future. So uh, thank you again, Will. And uh, anything thank else you you'd Chris. like to say today? No, I think that's that's it. All it's right. It's been great. All right. Well, Towelites, we'll see you next time on Towelite Talk. All right. So we're back. Uh, thank you again to Will Gong for the interview. And check out Bunkheads on Amazon Prime right now, season one. Oh, yeah. Good stuff, man. Really good. He's cool. Cool cat. I, I enjoyed listening to that interview you guys did, so that was sweet. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, we're big fans of indie anything over here at DFAT. So, um, anybody out there listening who has an indie project that you want to get some, you know, uh, some support behind, have us uh, review it, just feature an article, you know, reach out. We can do an interview. Whatever, guys. We love we love indie projects. So, Heck bring yeah. it on, bring it on. So let's get into some movie trailer stuff movie stuff in general um we did get it chapter two yes first trailer would you think of this creepy as f <laughs> yeah. like i was like i feel unnerved yeah this. yeah absolutely it was just like it was such a it didn't seem at first like they were going to do much with it and then that old lady started just creeping around and i was just like yeah i had I, I, uh <laughs> yeah, so. I watched the uh the 90s version of it again. Nice. Of that scene and it's just like 
it's so crazy different it's just obviously but it was it yeah. was good they did a good job with that i like when you get that that scene sometimes because it's such a small portion of the movie you really don't know anything yes it was cool yeah. yep so that was fun um then we get maleficent mistress of evil trailer um you know what i didn't watch the first one so i didn't watch this trailer did you oh really yeah. i i watched the first movie and i did not watch its trailer uh, <laughs> okay so um i enjoyed the first movie uh i did i'm a big uh sleeping beauty fan i've always you know ever since she turns into a dragon in the original cartoon and it just you know i love dragons so uh, i thought that was badass and i liked the first movie and uh i can't wait to see it become a little bit more evil uh and darker so i i will go and watch this trailer today yeah i heard that this one like in the first movie correct me if i'm wrong like they kind of make her out to be like an anti-hero mm-hmm. and then yep. this movie they make her to be a villain so maybe she really goes towards that dark side yeah it's always it's her fall is always kind of like intimate uh what a, what a bad word thing uh, <laughs> yeah i got it it's you know it you can definitely see them building towards that uh, and they try to make you know, like you said, kind of like an anti-hero in the first movie. So it's a good movie. And I suggest if you haven't watched it, check it out. Sweet. Speaking of sweet movies, yep, yep. John Wick 3 Parabellum drops uh, probably the day you're listening to this. That's right. Actually, it, it today is Thursday, so I'm <clears throat> sure there's sneak previews yeah, tonight. That's true. Um, that's true. I have my tickets for Saturday morning, so I'll be having breakfast with Mr. Wick and my wife. Um, so I can't wait. Um, I have not seen any of these movies in theater and I promised myself I would go see this one in theater because I fucking love these movies and I want it to be the next perfect trilogy. So I'm yeah, ready. We haven't had a perfect trilogy since uh, dot, uh, Planet of the Apes. So. Yeah. Yep. That's good. Uh, all right. So <laughs> it's kind of a weird movie. This movie's coming out called Scoob next year to uh, theaters. Uh, yep. Scooby-Doo, Hanna-Barbera-verse, though. I mean, it's really kind of like a shared cinematic universe with this one. Um, yep. Great cast. We got Mark Wahlberg, Gina Rodriguez, Will Forte, Zac Efron, Tracy Morgan, Kiersey Clemens. I mean, it's kind of crazy. Um, Mark Wahlberg's coming in as, uh, what's his name? Blue Falcon. Yep. Uh, yep. Which I thought is great, because that means Dino Mutt will come. Ken Jong is reportedly voicing Dynamut. We get Dick Dastardly as the uh, main villain. This is just, I don't know why this movie is existing, but I'm glad that it's coming. <laughs> yeah, we talked about it um, maybe about a month ago when it when it first kind of reached the surface of fan news, uh, oh. nerd news. And the idea of the Hanna-Barbera world building is amazing to me. So um, please, guys. Where's where's Space Ghost? Uh, that's that's yeah. all I gotta say. He might, you know, who knows? Yeah. In this movie, maybe this is it. You know, maybe they, he shows up. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm super excited for this movie, uh, especially as it just kind of, um, you know, makes more headway and and sounds even more epic. So yeah, Br- bring it on, Scoobs. That's it, man. Awesome. So then, um, Charlize Theron is. Uh, rumored to be getting her own spinoff with her character. Uh, I think it's Cypher from Fast and the Furious franchise. 
Yeah, no surprise here. Um, you know, Hobbs and Shaw looks to be a pretty awesome time, to be honest with you. Uh, these movies are always over the top. So uh, as they do world building, as we just mentioned with the Scoob and Hanna-Barbera world, uh, world building is a thing of today and what everybody wants to see happening. So, hey, whatever, man. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I thought her character was great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think that's pretty cool and bring, bring it on. I like Charlize. I, I don't know. This is great. <laughs> mm-hmm. All about it. And then uh, finally, movie news um, got reported last week, but James Wan, as you said, the busiest man in Hollywood is now opposed, supposedly going to uh, produce a Mortal Kombat reboot. Awesome. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, Mortal Kombat is the best video game adaptation movie ever, and it's definitely uh, <laughs> doesn't have a lot of uh, peers when it comes to that. So um, <laughs> I don't um, know if uh, the people who saw Detective Pokemon would agree with that, but yes, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> no, you know it's funny because Pokemon is such a real. Um, there's, there's, the idea behind Pokemon is so far beyond just just pop culture now. Um, yes. It's like it's like Star Wars, um, to be honest with you. So um, we were a little bit older than Pokemon. So, but when I talk to people who were, you know, in like teenage, like growing up in that age and stuff like that, they love it. Like you can't even, I can't even have a real discussion with them because they're just so into it. Um, mm-hmm. So you know what, um, James Wan, uh, whatever one ever as i say um when it comes to what he's doing now so bring it yeah get get over here with that mortal Kombat movie so. absolutely yeah man you got it so uh going over to gaming news what is this thing called i this weird playstation thing came out of nowhere and it dropped a bunch of games that are coming out yeah um see i don't know i don't playstation stand up i think something like that but regardless uh we are getting a predator hunting grounds game um similar to what they've done with the friday the 13th game it's not it's by that same company but you know we're going to be seeing you as a predator hunting people that's it you know game over (laughs) yes game yes sir um i I can't even begin to explain my uh, my excitement for this. Um, a, it's PlayStation exclusive, which they always excel at, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and the fact that we're such PlayStation lovers that it's kind of like a gift from the gods to us. Uh, but um, this concept of being able to switch back and forth is amazing to me, especially if it's going to be multiplayer, um, where you and a bunch of friends can get together and you can go out and murder all your friends as a predator, or they can murder you because they're a badass uh special ops team or whatever it's it's so basic and it sounds like such a good time uh i can't wait to see gameplay from it yeah i am i'm very pumped um and then steamforge games uh will be creating a devil may cry board game kickstarter we talked about we talked about it quite a bit a lot of these video games getting kickstarters they blow the f up they make yeah. like a hundred thousand dollars or some disgusting amount of money but Hey man, Devil May Cry. Um, I I like that series of video games. You know how do they work as a as a board game? I don't know, but it's cool to check it out. 
Well, you know, you and I had experience uh, hanging out with Steamforged Games at Toy Fair a couple years ago. Uh, we played the Dead Souls which is game, great. which we loved. Yeah. Amazing. And then last year they did the, uh, or actually it was this past year. Uh, no, last year into this year was the Horizon Zero Dawn one, yep. which looked freaking amazing. Uh, I, I backed it and then I had to back out, unfortunately, but I wish I still would have backed it to just get those miniatures. But um yeah, the, the Kickstarter is now live. If you want to go check that out, uh, Steamforge Games does amazing products. So, awesome. Yeah, that's super cool. All right, so Star Wars time. We Star Wars fans are a little bit better after Celebration. They had a good, <laughs> they had a good time. A little, little bit better. Um, Game of Thrones fans have taken over to be a yes. little bit more pissed off. <laughs> um that being said, we did get the announcement this week, kind of just haphazardly. I thought it would have been better. Um, you know, they just kind of announced it with like one of Bob Iger's like investment meetings where yeah, Benioff and Weiss, um, you know, the men behind Game of Thrones will be taking over a new Star Wars trilogy. Um, so I got a couple things to say about it. But first, what's your initial reaction to that? This is the one I'm waiting for, and I'm glad that it's the first one up. Um, so if it is about something, maybe nice to the old Republic, old Republic times, whatever you want to say it is. Um, this is what I'm hoping they do, and this is what I'm waiting on the announcement. So I imagine 2020 celebration, perhaps we'll get news of what it is. Mm-hmm. But we won't know for a while. <clears throat> I, To be honest with you, I think it's going to come... At D23. That was yeah, that was my other prediction. Because we'll even see. though it's coming out in 2022, mm-hmm. it's, you know, and that's three years from December, I feel like we may get a whisper mm-hmm. of an idea. I believe at that celebration, we will get a, here's the cast, and we're ready to shoot. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. at that point, it would make sense. But um, one thing that I wanted to talk about was we mentioned that Ryan Johnson is supposedly working hand in hand with yeah. these guys on his own set of movies, which so that that part was not confirmed. So the part that I have heard recently, which I don't know what to place into any value, but I want to get your opinion. There's been talks that Benioff and Weiss will be writing this new mm. trilogy and that Ryan Johnson will be directing. I, I absolutely believe that you do? 99, 99%. I do. Um, okay. Because I've been really, I've been thinking about it and how, how does Lucasfilm come out and say, we're canceling these star Wars stories movies. They're too many, too much is coming out at once. We really want to do what's fair to star Wars fans. Oh, here, let's announce these, this trilogy of movies that comes out every two years that is rotating with Avatar. So yeah. you're not going to compete with yourself anyhow. Right. So, and then you're also talking about 10 years of films. Uh, Ryan Johnson's trilogy would be at the end of that. That's a huge amount of time away. Too much time away. So I fully believe that they've come to some kind of um, conclusion that that would be probably the best way to do it. Um, people love Ryan Johnson's directing abilities. They didn't really like, like, I don't understand the. I, I understand and I don't understand the rest of it, but um, you can't you can't say Ryan Johnson is not a wonderful, an, an amazing director. Uh, that's it. He's a he is a good storyteller. He is a good director, but let's take these guys who have written 
this crazy Game of Thrones series for eight years. Let's team him up with this director who I would say most of the fan base likes, you know, at least. So why not? As as a director, yes. Um, mm-hmm. And what's curious is Benioff and Weiss will be directing this last episode. So we'll, yes, we'll see. You know, we know what in, in this episode should not have any action. So, it, you know, that doesn't matter. Um, yeah, you know what? I, I heard it earlier this week, this rumor. And as soon as I heard it, I go, yep. You know what I mean? Because two, mm-hmm. two um, not competing, but like, you're right. It couldn't be like two trilogies over 10 years. Like, that just seems crazy. Now, what they might do is one trilogy and set up after those six years, what the next four years are going to be like, all mm-hmm. shoots from these things. But Ryan Johnson, um, when you look at the last Jedi almost every shot deserves its own wallpaper on your phone you know what i mean like it's a beautiful movie regardless Mm -hmm. of what your feelings are of it you can't deny how great it looks so yeah you know i'm down you get these guys writing a sweet fantasy story that isn't tied to any anything you know not george R. R. martin's books not star like whatever and you get ryan johnson as the director I personally believe that's a recipe for insane insanity mm-hmm. in yep. the best way possible. Exactly. So, okay, cool. So, um, and then just one other thing is that Bob Iger during his, you know, phone call to, uh, shareholders said that <laughs> we're going to get a third live action, um, star Wars series, um, coming to Disney plus, you know, that's the kind of thing where it's like, uh, you know, I don't know, but any ideas or maybe even like any wants, it'll be one. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's it. That's if it's, if it's, if it's not that I would be surprised, but then again, I would kind of think that they would maybe approach that a year later so they can actually push out the Mandalore without distraction. Uh, they can push out the Cassian show and then they'd be like, oh, look at the success we've had. Now we're going to do this ultimate Obi-Wan Kenobi show. So we don't know when that third show would be coming. It could just be, hey, we are doing Obi-Wan, so shut up. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's coming. That's all we need to know. Yeah. I... And it should just be like, like, curious, curious, <laughs> you know, there's just something stupid like that. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, this is the kind of thing where if it's not Obi-Wan, then you aren't listening to the fans. And, like, I guess there could be some random thing that's not tied to anything. And, and honestly, like, The Mandalorian isn't tied to anything. At least right now we don't know it, you know. It probably has something to do with what Filoni did with Rebels because he's the showrunner with Jack Favreau. But, um, I, you know, I, I think the whole fan base would lose their goddamn minds if it ends up being obi-wan and that's what mm-hmm. we want that's right just keep bringing us together let's <sighs> get all that's it get, get rid- the galaxy together people mm-hmm. all right so what time is it man it's time for the pursuit of plastic all right towelite toy fans uh so let's talk about the lego stranger things set that was unleashed upon the world this week uh coming in at about 200 dollars uh if you're a lego vip you can go and order this set right now uh for the rest of you uh you gotta wait till june 1st but this is a really interesting set it's the buyer's house uh with a ton of minifigures 
including a Demogorgon with, you know, changeable heads with open and closed mouth, Hopper's vehicle, um, light up lettering on the walls. But the cool thing about this set is that you can flip it over and you got the upside down. So um, what a cool idea. And it's not that bad of a price point. It seems like a pretty big set. Um, and for it being a Netflix collectible, uh, Return to Things collectible, I was kind of impressed it was 200 bucks. 2,000 pieces, I think it was. So it's, it's over, over. over 2,000 pieces. So that's about par for the course right there. Yeah. 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 That's the thing. I didn't know how many pieces it was. When I read that, I go, okay, you, you are justifying it. Um, it looks crazy. And I wish I could spend the money. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, sometimes it's, it's tough and you can't get everything. Yeah. Um, and this is one of those things where it's like, um, is this an investment piece? I, I don't know. It's like, uh, how long will Stranger Things be cool? You know? So it's like, I think this is more just a cool fan piece. This would be awesome in a display. Um, so that's, that's how, kind of how I'm looking at it. So, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. All right. What's next? So, um, the Mesco Deluxe John Wick figure was uh, put up for pre-order this morning. Uh, so they announced uh, this ahead of time, which is always appreciated by uh, by us fans because now we can prepare ourselves. But uh, it came out on a Thursday, which is kind of uh, weird because uh, most mostly pre-orders are put up on Wednesdays by Mesco. But uh, this morning there was uh, another little fiasco with the ordering, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, a, they just added international shipping, which is a big thing. That's great. I love yeah. it that... Um, People overseas don't have to get scalped anymore. I don't think that's really fair. Um, but uh, there's a lot of rumors out there. And unfortunately, uh, I don't know what happened. Uh, but people are saying that Mezco over- allowed people to overorder and blah, 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 blah. I don't believe that. Uh, the, the figure is still up for pre-order right now. All right. So whatever whatever trolling is going on right now if you want this figure go to mesco.com order it it's the only place you're going to get it uh this deluxe version comes with like his his trunk the dog a bunch of new bunch of guns and stuff that was not going to be included with the a second head uh which was not all this stuff was not previewed with the original figure uh so i believe there will be a regular version coming out somewhere down the road but if you're a collector and you like the Mezco Deluxe versions, which I, I, I love MDX. Um, and I love getting those boxes with the art on them and stuff. This one uh, is pretty epic, and I think it's worth the money. If you spent that money on that Punisher back in the day, uh, this John Wick is more than more than worthy to uh, stand up there with that figure. So, yep. I, I pre-ordered mine. That's it. I'm, I'm ready for it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if you want to go at a lower price point, get something like... Um the uh diamond select toys one yeah that's awesome but like yeah you want to spend a little bit more you want to get some of the craziness accessories etc this is what you gotta spring for you really do and you know i love i love the six inch uh scale it's it's my favorite and now that mezco is doing these great clothes figures uh a lot what hot toys does and definitely at a lower price point it is smaller figures but you know what? I think Mezco's really hit their stride lately, and I've been really impressed with their products lately. So, yeah. um, I still owe all of you a review of Blade. It is coming. I just uh, haven't had much time lately, but uh, DFAT unboxings are coming back soon. So, uh, 
Stay <laughs> tuned, as we say. Stay tuned. Okay. Yeah, that's it. So where can you find us? Uh, well, we are on a little website called don'tforgetatowel.com. It's your daily source for all things geekly, news, reviews, interviews, and more. Uh, we also have a mighty social media presence. Uh, so check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's right. We are the only place to travel geekly. So this is Casey saying, guys, read those comics. <laughs> and this is Chris. We'll see you next time. <laughs>